Hello, this is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and today I want to talk about IWCE 2016 again. I want to do a review of choosing the right technology, and what it was, it was another session that I was involved with, and what they did, it was really cool what they did. They went through different technologies, very narrowband technologies to very broadband technologies, which was really, really cool because you got to go through the progression of how public safety does things, but first... I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro, Tower Tracker Pro, for all your closeout package needs. One site visit, do it right the first time, send it back to the office before you even leave the site, have everything audited. One site visit, that's the key. Also, I want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction at towersafety.com. They have all your tower training needs and they now have drone training. On-Man Experts is a crew that will train you. They're very good. They're professional drone pilots, and they are the ones that will help you out. I also want to promote the Hubble Foundation, who's having a charity golf tournament. HubbleFoundation.org for more information. Of course, I have the Wireless Deployment Handbook. Just get on Wade for Wireless. Wade, W-A-D-E, the number four, wireless.com. And look for the Wireless Deployment Handbook. It's an e-book that has your wireless deployment for LTE, small cells, and CRAN. End to end. Well, let's talk IWCE. IWCE 2016 was pretty awesome. I learned a lot out there. And I'm going to talk mostly about the three sessions that I was on. I already talked about the first one, which was about LTE. This one, it was number N259, and it was called Pick Me, Pick Me, Choosing the Right Technology for Your System. And it was hosted by Steve Mackey. Steve's a pretty cool guy. I really like him. He's been around a long time, he's a consultant. And just a smart, smart guy. Really knows his stuff. If you want to see how smart he is, I got a link in there. Right at his name. Just click on Steve's name and you'll have a link for it. Just like this uh, particular session, I have a link in there. You can click on it. Now, we went over different technologies. And it was just, to me, it was really, really cool. Because you had a progression is how we presented it, right? Going from, say, the two-way, like DMX, NXDN, to P25, to Tetra, to the latest technology, which is LTE, and then 5G. And that's what, oh, we also did Wi-Fi. So we had everything there. And it was just really a good session if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But it was important to see how two-way has really progressed over the years. But yet, for a lot of your voice needs, you can still use a basic two-way trunking system. Each one has a purpose and that's why you really had to go and listen to it. Doug Chapman of EtherStack, representing PTIG in this session, talked about the P25 system and how it fits the current mission, cri mission critical voice communications. Bill Fredrickson of LMR Systems, Celix, representing DMRA, and he spoke how the DMR systems are being used in their very cost-effective solution for voice communications. Very narrow band. It's a voice solution. Rodney Grimm, National Technical Sales Manager of ICOM America, spoke about the use of NXDN and the service for it, real-time voice communication, critical communication, and how it's, again, another great voice solution. John Monto, Director of Radio Technology Systems for Rockwell Collins, A-R-I-N-C, spoke about Tetra, systems being used not only worldwide, but now here in the States. P25 was used in the States here for a long time. It was, it was really the uh, standard, but now more and more people are using Tetra. With Tetra, you not only have voice, but you have data, like data, when I say data communications, you can text each other. You can send a lot of text messages back and forth very efficiently. It's an efficient use of the spectrum. That was pretty cool too. Dan O'Malley of Cisco, 
gave a great Cisco presentation talking about how the IP systems can really be used for public safety and emergency situations and how with an IP system, you can quickly switch to a backup system if needed. And that was what he brought up is how he had an example of how one system went down because the fiber was cut in the city. I think something happened. This was overseas and they were able to switch to the backup site like within seconds. It was pretty awesome. It actually was a very interesting presentation. I I give Cisco a hard time a lot of times, but they actually have a lot of good products. It was it was pretty neat what they had, the devices and everything. Of course, I spoke about LTE and why LTE is going to be the system of choice. Now, we all know that, right? I mean, that's where everything's going towards LTE. But the reality is LTE has a long way to go for mission critical voice. That's why these two-way systems are in place. When you have a site that's hardened for public safety, it has to survive a hurricane, a tornado, as much as you can throw at it, long power outages, it really has to be prepared. I don't see LTE being there yet. I hope someday it is, and I know it will be. I get a little worried about FirstNet because FirstNet's building carrier class system, which is cool. Carrier class is high tech. It's impressive. But on the other end of the spectrum, these two-way systems are hardened. They're ready to take on anything nature can throw at it. Or at least you hope so, as long as you test everything properly. That's the key. And you got to monitor everything. Now, Scott Peabody is a senior consultant for Adcom Engineering Company. And here's a smart, smart guy that's been around for a while, has a good grasp on all the technologies. I got to tell you, I worked on Tetra and P25 years ago. I worked on offers for him too. I just don't remember as much as these guys do. These guys really, and Steve too, they knew a lot about it, about the way the system was, about the way it handed off and how they were very similar. It's really the way they, the way I see it. This is my perception is how they handle the RF spectrum that sets them apart. But Scott actually brought up about 5G and Wi-Fi, and he had a lot of great technical examples. He's a smart, smart guy, a real engineer there. And he basically had examples of how he could pass 100 megabit per second of data efficiently. And they did it to cruise ships. That's where his uh, proof of concept was. But it was a good session. I really enjoyed IWCE. I enjoyed sitting with these guys. Like I said, they're all really smart guys. They know what they're talking about. If you want to learn something, I have all the links in there of all their names. You can look at their companies. You can see the link of the session. If you bought any of my products, I did send out my uh, PDFs of my presentation out to my customers. Anyone who bought one of my books, say the Wireless Deployment Handbook or the Bundle, the Wireless Deployment Bundle, which I have out there and I have links in here. Plus, I'll mention more about that in my newsletter. But you guys, I just want you to know that I am thinking about you because I'm trying to give you all this information that I learned. I know you don't have everything, but if you're interested, you have the links in the blog. And this particular blog, like I said, on wadeforwireless.com, wade, the number four wireless.com, it's going to be called IWCE 2016 Review of Choosing the Right Technology, because that's what this was about for public safety systems. My argument for LTE since it's my podcast, I can tell you, was that everything is going to LTE. If you begin with the end in mind, you know where you're going, you know that you're going to realize that you need LTE at some point. I'm not saying it's good for mission critical voice at this time. It better be someday. I, I don't really see FirstNet moving that way quickly. They just want to build a system, to be honest. That, that's what I see. They just want to build it out there. And they're going to probably rely on a carrier to do it, to build a carrier class system. But what we're going to have to go to is that. We're going to need the apps. We're going to need to make choices for what we can do with public safety. So the way I see LTE now 
And I would be willing to put money that a lot of you guys already use your LTE-enabled smartphones for or while you're on the job. You probably even use them for emergencies at times. Now, listen, if there's a true emergency, cell sites get overloaded, power goes down, you have a lot of problems. But you probably use it now and you probably have apps on there for public safety. You probably text. You probably try to get a hold of other people. And the other thing I saw that I wanted to bring up is that police oftentimes use Facebook. That's how they catch a lot of criminals because criminals aren't the you know, sharpest tools in the shed. So they, they'll go out, they'll use a gun, they'll rob somebody, and then they'll post it on Facebook because they're proud, they want to brag, and then bam, the cops have them. They just find stuff like that. Think about it. It's a tool. It's one more tool in their utility belt, just like Batman. They have tools in their utility belt, but the smartphone can be a lot of tools in that little tiny, teeny, tiny device. As long as you keep it charged or if you have extended batteries, you can do a lot with that tool. Now I say iPhone could be a droid, could be Microsoft, whatever, but you have a lot of applications that you just don't have on the two-way radio and you got to use them like the tools that they are. It adds value to what you already have. And a lot of these guys are probably paying for their own phones and they shouldn't be. So that's where FirstNet's going to make a difference. The pros and cons is that you're not going to build your own LTE system, right? You can't. The FCC made sure that no public safety entity out there will build their own LTE system. As a matter of fact, if they did, if they would have allowed the states to build it, we would not only have a working public safety LTE system, but it would probably be mission critical grade. (laughs) I'm not being a wise guy. I'm just telling you. The state of Oklahoma was going to build a system. The state of New Jersey was going to build a system. The city of Charlotte was going to build their own system. And who else? Was it New Mexico? Is New Mexico the other one? There were a couple states that were already moving toward it, put out RFPs, and they had winners. They had winners of the RFP. And I know that with Oklahoma because Alcatel-Lucent won that deal, only to have the FCC pull away the spectrum. Now, I, I don't blame the FCC, you know. I think the feds did it, meaning the government. The government wanted everything under one roof, and they wanted interoperability between states and I guess they wanted a nationwide system and what they get they currently have an RFP out there for a nationwide system so I hope we get something soon but it did delay the whole process by years literally years I'm not blaming FirstNet I'm blaming the federal government for (laughs) pulling it back and taking their good old time with it but what do you do I get what they wanted they wanted interoperability they wanted all of it to work but LTE is a standard But I guess they looked at P25. Way to go, Motorola. P25, the standard that may or may not work on all the devices. With P25, you can't roam. With LTE, you can roam. Am I right? With any of these systems, to get on another person's system, you have to make sure that your information's in there. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's just not being done. So uh, like the conference for IWCE was in Vegas. If someone came like me from Pennsylvania, if I had my push-to-talk device, chances are it's not going to work in Nevada, right? From Pennsylvania to Nevada, not going to work. My phone, my LTE-enabled phone, it's going to work in both states. It's going to work. I don't even have to think about it. Let's say if you have different OEMs, like with, um, let's say, I know there's a lot of different OEMs for P25 or Tetra. You could go from Motorola. It used to be GE, but Johnson, or I don't know who it is now, Harris, But if you go from OEM to OEM, it's not always likely that it'll work. It's supposed to, but it may not. It may or may not. It's hit or miss, right? With LTE or with any carrier class system, no matter what your device is, whether it's an iPhone, a Droid, no matter who makes it, whether it's Huawei or a Microsoft phone or a Google phone, whatever, you know, 
I'm trying to think. Oh, Samsung. If you have a Samsung phone, it's going to work no matter who the OEM is. Like if I have a Huawei phone, HTC, for those of you that don't know, if I have an HTC phone or a Samsung phone or an Apple iPhone, I can be on Ericsson's system. Let's say it's one of the carriers, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, or who'd I miss? Oh, AT&T. So I can be on anyone's system. As long as a phone is set up to work on that system, it doesn't care who the OEM is because all those carriers have multiple OEMs. Like some, a lot of them have former Alcatel Lucent equipment. Some of them have Nokia equipment. Some of them have Ericsson equipment. Some of them have Samsung equipment. I can roam on to any vendor. Doesn't matter. My phone doesn't care because LTE is a set standard. It's going to roam, roam, roam. Whether features will work or whether there are glitches or something, not anymore. I think that was probably a, an issue in the beginning. Not now. Now it's seamless. So it's just something to think about. LTE is where they want to go. And the talk about 5G, that's the next step. It's 2016 now. I would imagine in four years, we'll have 5G defined and probably some beta systems out there. And everyone, including me, will be buying a new device saying, I got a 5G device. Life is amazing, which it's going to be an LTE device. Okay, that's the reality. You're going to have an LTE device that says 5G on it, and we're all going to buy it because it's going to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm just being a wise guy because it does seem that way. Everyone wants the latest and greatest. I had my iPhone 4, which to me was the latest and greatest up until about six months ago when it died. I loved that thing. I mean, I did. I didn't want to get a new one. You know, by then everyone's on the six. Now what is it? The seven, the iPhone seven. I don't know what's going on. Look at the Samsungs and how people buy those. It's just amazing how quickly things advance. All right, everyone be smart, be safe and pay attention. Remember, you have to take care of you. When other people are looking to you for advice, you're going to show them that you mean business. You're going to show them that you're smart. You're going to show them you pay attention. And you're going to show them that you can be safe. See ya.